It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. on Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thanks for joining us on a Friday edition of the show. It is another Fan Friday here on the podcast. Ryan Van Wagenen is going to be talking BYU sports with us today. Another lifelong BYU fan. We talk some recruiting. We talk his hopes and desires for BYU sports as well as well as where he thinks BYU can improve. So a lot to get to in that regard on a Fan Friday right here on the podcast. Today's show is brought to you by our title sponsor Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com right now. Put in the promo code Locked On and save yourself $10 off your first order. A fantastic offer coming from Built Bar and their delicious protein bars. Tastes like a candy bar. We'll tell you more about those here in just a little bit. Also brought to you today by our good friends at Talacris Plasma Resources. We'll tell you what they're doing for our listeners and their urgent need for people to donate plasma here in just a little bit as well. With that rundown out of the way, let's get to it. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast. For May 8th, 2020. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking the time to download this podcast, all focused on the BYU Cougars. Here in the month of May and continuing on for the foreseeable future, Fridays on the podcast are what we call Fan Fridays, where we have one of you, the fans, who listens to the podcast on as our guest host. Today's guest host is Ryan Van Wagenen, a lifelong BYU fan, a longtime listener of the podcast, and and he's become a pretty good friend on social media of mine as well. So without further ado, let's get to it here. Ryan Van Wagenen with myself on Locked On Cougars. Please welcome in now Ryan Van Wagenen uh, to our Fan Friday, our second edition of the Fan Fridays here on Locked On Cougars. Ryan, how are you, sir? Great. It's good to be here. I'm excited to talk a little Cougar athletics. Absolutely. I want to start here. How long have you been a BYU fan? What is your background with the Cougars? Let people know what your background is in terms of yeah, your BYU fandom. Yeah, you know, going back to when I was little, my grandparents were Cougar club members. Um, every Saturday I would go up to their house in the fall and um, would watch the games with them. For Some of my fondest memories were sitting down and watching football and basketball with my grandma and grandpa. Um, a little... A little uh, like side note, my grandpa was blind when he was older. Okay. And he, the game would be on for me to watch, but he would listen to the radio broadcast. And he just thought the guys on the radio broadcast back in the uh, mid, mid to late 90s just did a, a lot better job of, you know, describing the detail of what was going on in the game <laughs> yeah. um, than the guys on the TV. So that's really where it stemmed from. And then, yeah, it just kind of just, just sticks with you, right? Yeah. Um, I, I think you're a Mariners fan. Yeah, I am. You know, probably goes back to when you were little. <laughs> yes. And all of the, uh, the ups and downs with a team like the Mariners, you just ride with them through it. And hopefully in the sooner rather than later future, um, things get going in the in the right direction. And those are the times you'll remember and you'll forget about all the crappy times. It's, it's absolutely the truth. My, my wife makes fun of me to uh, – 
at no end because my teams I've I've been with since I was a young man, I, a young child. I, I'm a San Francisco 49ers fan. Joe Montana, Steve Young, they were kind of my guys. Jerry Rice. BYU for many years. I was a fan of BYU growing up. Now I cover them as a media member. It's kind of changed how I look at the Cougars, but it's also the same with the Mariners and the Utah Jazz. And that's just how it is. I think most people latch onto a team when you're when you're young, and they just stick with you for the rest of your life. And that's kind of what we're doing here with the, with this Fan Friday idea on the podcast. We just want to talk with BYU fans. Where's your fandom from? Let you kind of steer the show here. So I, I appreciate you pointing that out. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so let's start off here, uh, Ryan. In terms of BYU football or and basketball, the two big sports on campus at BYU, which has you, uh, I guess, easy, easiest way to say, it, which has you more uh, anxious for their near-term future, and which has you more confident? Does that make sense? Yeah, um, I think I'll probably answer that a little different than okay. what a lot of people, but an anxiousness and an optimism would be basketball. I mean, I am so anxious to see these uh, transfers that Mark Pope is hopefully going to land. He landed Matt Harms, the big Mm -hmm. guy from Purdue. Hopefully he gets some athletic guards to go along with that. And, you know, hopefully they can play right away. I know some of that stuff is kind of up in the air right now. But just to see with Mark Pope putting his fingerprints on the program, already seeing the residual benefits from year one. Granted, he did have some very good seniors with it. But what does it look like going forward? Um, hopefully he's here for a while. Um, you're starting to see some of those things pay off and another year under his belt, another year experience at a high, at a higher level. Some of these guys that we're getting are, or we're hopeful to get yeah. a little more athletic than what we typically see at BYU. And is that a going to be a big, um, factor going forward or are we going to be, you know, shoot a lot of threes, run and gun <laughs> with, um, uh, you know, some of the teams we've seen in the recent future under Dave Rose, or do we start to see a little bit more explosive offense, uh, you know, dominant big, like, uh, you know, more Yolis, more Mikas, and then four spot-up shooters around them that hopefully lead the nation in three-point shooting percentage. I, I think that's a very astute observation there. And it will be interesting this uh, coming season for BYU basketball because you're right, the addition of a Matt Harms, in addition to guys like Richard Harward, Wyatt Lowell, who are – all 6'10 or taller, all of a sudden you're going to have a team from BYU that's extremely big on the front line versus last year when it felt like at times Colby Lee was the only guy that was available. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think the days under with Mark Pope, the days of Gonzaga just leaning on us for 40 minutes when they're just pulling in a seven-footer off the bench, um, just one after another, hopefully those days are behind us. I think with Burgess and Pope, um, that's probably the best recipe to – uh, combat, you know, kind of the disadvantages we had against teams like Gonzaga. But then, you know, it's just putting it all together, um, keeping the motivation, guys getting up for road games against San Diego. And I think Pope has done a phenomenal job injecting this excitement into the program where guys want to play for him, fans want to show up, everybody has their back. You know, the camaraderie yeah. is there, and I think it'll pay dividends, especially down the road. You've obviously been a fan for a long time. You've seen – uh, you've seen the whole Dave Rose tenure play out. We've seen year one of Mark Pope. We saw yesterday news come out that Chris Burgess was honored as a top 50 assistant yeah. coach in college basketball. Does that, uh, does the new staff at BYU just as a whole, guys like Nick Robinson, Cody Fuger, the different assistant coaches, does that add to your excitement for BYU basketball? Oh, absolutely. From stories that, you know, guys like yourself who cover the program uh, closely um, have shared. 
Uh, I, I think I'm pretty sure I've heard that the opinion with Burgess is there's probably nowhere in the country he doesn't have a connection to mm, as far as, you know, yeah. high school basketball. You know, the, the recruiting pipeline that he brings and then the experience he had of being a blue chip recruit coming out, you know, going to Duke then reluctantly ending up at Utah. But, you know, that's in the past. Now he's rocking the Cougar blue. Um, yeah, that optimism, I mean, it just compounds um, from coach to coach. Yes, it does. Yeah. Uh, now let's switch gears and talk a little bit BYU football here. Obviously mm-hmm. disappointing season, seven and six for the second straight year sure. when it seemed like they were maybe, uh, the way I look at it, 10 or so plays away from maybe nine or 10 wins this past season. They were really, yeah. really close. What is your level of confidence in Kalani Sataki in the BYU football program currently? Yep. So, so, so a little side story here. Okay. If you had asked me this six months ago, I probably would have said like, okay, yeah. um, I'm rooting for Kalani because he's steering the ship, but the faith in him is somewhat somewhat rattled, right? I don't think what we anticipated getting out of Kalani in his first couple of years has necessarily resonated, but there's still optimism because he's such a positive guy. But back it right before Christmas, I was actually flying home to Salt Lake from Chicago and I landed in the airport and I was walking past the gates and I see just a group of just some big kids, just some humongous dudes. I'm um, standing at a gate. And it was the BYU football team and they were getting ready to head out to Hawaii. Okay. And so, and so, you know, being, you know, 10 years older than them and the fanboy that I am, I stopped and I talked to some of the D linemen, you know, wished them good luck and then walk a little bit further up the airport uh, or f- a little further up um, the terminal. And I see Isaiah Kafusi, you know, stop and talk to him for a little bit. He was a Brighton Bengal. I was a Hillcrest Husky. Okay. So we kind of <laughs> had a little smack talk, even though Brighton, you know, is, was a lot better than uh, we were at football mm-hmm. uh, when, I, when I was in high school. And um, after talking to him for five minutes, I go, oh, yeah, Kalani's just, just right up there. Turn to my left, and I see Kalani, and he was talking to a, a guy and his son. And so I walk up, wait my turn, and then I just want to say, hey, good luck, coach. Um, you know, rooting for you, shake his hand. And it turned into about a 10-minute conversation. I was like, so where are you from, man? What are you doing? What are you doing out in Chicago? This and that. Just really getting to know me. Yeah. And – I uh, and Fessy went to Hillcrest, and so we talked about that a little bit. And I think Fessy had a sister who was my age, if not within a year or two of me. And so just really like a personable conversation. And then I reach into, you know, shake his hand and say, "Hey, coach, I'll let you get to your team." This and that grabs me. I mean, I'm sure uh, Hans has probably done this to you. Just grabs me, pulls me in, and gives me a bro hug. <laughs> yeah. And it was just like everything you've heard from the media. Um, people who encounter Kalani, how he makes, how, you know, you feel like you made a best friend within only five to 10 minutes of talking to him. Like I felt that, and it was kind of like a reassuring. It's like, okay, this football aspect thing, he's going to figure it out. He's going to figure it out. He's too smart. He's too passionate. He loves BYU too much, loves his players too much. He's going to figure it out. It's just give him time. There's other peripheral things that are going on at BYU that don't make it the easiest job in the world that we're all aware of, but if there's a guy you want in this position leading your football team into, especially into the unknown, we don't know what conference alignment's going to look like yeah. in the next couple of years, things like that. But this is the guy you want, you know, steering your ship, flying the plane, um, representing your university. Uh, I wanted to ask you in terms of quarterbacks at BYU, obviously we've seen three proven options so far, Zach Wilson, Jaron Hall, or Baylor Romney. Which guy is your pick for who you think is going to start this coming season? Oh, that is such a tough question. It is a tough one. So, I mean, Zach has all the intangibles, all the mm-hmm. tools. 
the arm strength, the athleticism. Um, he has a little bit of that Max Hall moxie where, I mean, you see it when he ran over the guy um, against Northern Illinois a couple years ago and then gave him a little stare down. Um, with that said, I would have, I would say I was definitely on the Baylor Romney train at the end of the year. You're wanting not alone. To see, <laughs> yeah. Wanting, you know, it just felt like things were a lot, went a lot, um, a lot more smoothly when he was on the field. Um, he won some big games for us and going into next year. I mean, I just, I think the tape speaks for itself with all the issues that Zach had health wise, uh, Jaron had health wise, Baylor also had health wise. It just felt like when those guys were at their best, Baylor probably stood out among them a little bit and not that it was a knock against other guys. I think it just speaks more, more to Baylor in my opinion, but yeah, I mean, we got to get it figured out and we have three guys who are pretty dang good to uh, take the field day one. There you go. First part with Ryan Van Wagenen. We'll have part two here in just a second. Talk some recruiting, his thoughts on where BYU football is both succeeding and failing in recruiting in his mind, as well as some thoughts on the basketball recruiting front. We'll get to that here in just a second. Before we do that, though, do need to take a minute and talk to you today about our good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a local company based in Utah Valley. That's the best part about them, but they are sponsoring Locked On Cougars, as well as the entirety of the Locked On Podcast Network this month. Month, and we love having them on board. They are great. What Built Bar is, is they are uh, protein bars that taste like a candy bar. And I'm not even kidding. They do taste like a candy bar. I enjoy eating them every day. This morning, I had their salted caramel flavor, and it was absolutely fantastic. I had it as part of my breakfast. I would encourage you guys to check it out. These bars are covered 100% in chocolate. They are absolutely wonderful. They're soft. They're easy to chew. They're not chalky. They are the best, and I have enjoyed every single one of them that I have had to this point since we started the sponsorship last Friday. And I would encourage you guys to get on board and check out what Built Bar's got for you guys. They're great for the health-conscious guy or gal. If you're trying to lose some weight, maintain your weight, or even gain weight, they can help you guys out. They have incredible uh, flavor profiles as well as just the nutritional contents. For example, I had the mint brownie flavor earlier this week. That one includes 15 grams of protein, just 110 calories, 4 grams of sugars, and 5 grams of net carbs. These are awesome, awesome protein bars. I'd encourage you guys to check it out. Once again, they are a local company based in Utah Valley, so you are supporting our local company when you support Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com right now and save $10 off your first order. All you've got to do is when you go to BuiltBar.com, put in the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Put in that promo code Locked On. You get $10 off your first order. Built Bar, proud sponsor of Locked On Cougars and the Locked On Podcast Network. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Let's get to part two of our conversation with Ryan Van Wagenen here on a Fan Friday on Locked On Cougars, talking some BYU football and basketball recruiting right here, right now. I wanted to switch gears here a little bit. Let's talk recruiting. Uh, I know you're a you're a big guy who's into covering recruiting, following recruiting. 
not every BYU fan is into that. And I've had multiple BYU fans mention to me in the past that covering recruiting for them is almost a non-starter because whenever a kid commits to BYU, if he's a member of the church, the Church of mm-hmm. Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, well, they're not going to see him on campus for three years. So why invest in this? What do you have to say to something like that? I think just seeing the potential, that's the biggest thing. Um, you know, you look at the skill positions at BYU and they're probably not going to routinely pull in four to five star defensive backs receivers. Yeah. With that said, you see a guy like Miles Davis, who we are expecting to see this year, hopefully, you know, assuming we have mm-hmm. a season, um, the measurables, I think he's right around six foot, maybe 190, and is, is a blazer, right? He's a speedster. Yeah. Um, I don't expect him to step on the field and go out and get 10 touchdowns and 1,000 yards receiving. But, you know, fast forward two to three years down the line, mm-hmm. what could he look like, especially with some of the development we've been seeing on the offensive side of the ball? Um, do we see him develop into a Micah Simon? Uh, you know, Cody Hoffman was very successful as a uh, – as a freshman, but by the time of senior year and with all the different quarterbacks he had throwing the ball to him, he was still insanely productive. And so it's the, it's the potential you see um, what, and the excitement of the what if in the future. And I'm kind of, I've always been a glass half full, somewhat of an optimist in this sense. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, just the, just what could be when you take a kid and you see the high school film and you just kind of go down. It's like, I mean, he has a little bit of ways to go, but if he could duplicate how successful he was in high school, you know, we could have something uh, to be excited about in a, in several years. Absolutely. Is there a recruit or recruits in this incoming class for BYU? So I'm thinking of guys coming off missions. They'll be joining the program, may have already joined the program, but haven't played yet, or an incoming high school kid or people or players or athletes that you're most excited to see. Yeah, Chris Jackson. Okay. No question. Yeah. Absolutely Chris Jackson. Um just 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 everything. He uh he was a he was an up and coming recruit in high school. Um and he started getting looked at by several uh large programs. I think USC and UCLA to be specific. Mm-hmm. And but then he had some unfortunate circumstances in his life where things just didn't shape out how I'm sure he had hoped for. But then he went the JUCO route and now BYU got him. I think they got a real diamond in the rough. You know, I'm not like a, a Mel Kuyper breaking down film or anything, but yeah. you know, I'm like any casual fan that follows recruiting other team and I'll go look at the huddle film. I look at it as huddle film. If you look at the measurables, you see a undersized receiver with great speed. Um, but looking at his huddle film, he showed a little bit. I thought he showed a little bit more than that. I thought he showed some ability to play um, capable of playing any of the receiver positions, X, Y, and Z uh, made plays when the ball was in the air, even though I think he's only like five ten. And again, um, comparative players. And again, I don't want to say that he's going to turn into this, but you see guys like Tyree Kill, Antonio Brown, these smaller receivers who have a chip on their shoulder, but they have phenomenal speed. Um, I think he's capable of a role like that in BYU's offense. Not that he's going to be winning, uh, playing in Pro Bowls or winning a Super Bowl yeah. um, in the next couple of years, but he does have, he is a little bit more than just an undersized receiver with really good speed. I think he does have um, a, a polished skill set that Fessy's going to be able to really uh, take the new heights at BYU. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Chris Jackson, just on paper, you watch, you see the huddle highlights and you're like, wow, this kid can really yeah. play. I'm with you in that respect. You think that he can come in and have an impact. What do you make of a guy like Cody Epps as well? Yeah, so def- probably not as 
So it's not that I'm not high on Cody Epps. Yeah. I think my expectations are a little bit more tempered than a lot of people. Um, I think he can see the field uh, as a true freshman. Do I think he's going to lead us in receiving? Do I think he's going to line up against the Jalen Johnsons of the world and go out and get seven mm-hmm. receptions for 120 yards and two touchdowns? No. But if he can show us what made him one of the most productive receivers in the country this year at the biggest um, high school program in the country, yeah. um, then I think we have something. We could have something special in the pipeline. I don't know if he's necessarily the blazer uh, that a Chris Jackson would be, but he's performed at a very high level in high school. I think he should fit in nice at BYU. I'm just tempering those, and this happens a lot at BYU when you get an excited, an excitable freshman people kind of put some unfair expectations on him i'm just a little bit more tempered on what i expect out of him year one of course recruiting i talk about on the podcast quite often it's the lifeline of any football program or even basketball in in that sense of things do you feel like kalani and his staff have lived up to their billing as elite recruiters, I guess we'll call it. When they first came in, people thought, wow, this is going to be a new era of BYU football recruiting. My thought, and I'll, let me I know I'm stepping on your chance to answer here, but let me weigh in with the fact that I have always thought that BYU football is always at a disadvantage just because of the honor code. You have the academic requirements that you have to jump through. There's so many different hurdles that narrow the field for BYU recruiting-wise. Do you think Kalani and his staff are doing a good enough job recruiting right now? Uh, that's a wishy-washy question, especially with the changes that have recently take, taken place. Um, I think there's probably some oversight, especially on some of the more upper echelon LDS recruits. And of course, you're not going to get all of them. Um, Siaki Ika, you know, he was once committed. Now, I don't think he's regretting his decision after a national winning title. a national championship, <laughs> right? And so, you know, guys like that, like that's going to happen. But I don't think you can just, when that happens, just stop showing those guys love. Um, You know, don't just let a recruit off the hook like that. Make him have to pick between an LSU and BYU. And as weird as that may sound, he's probably going to choose LSU more often than not. But keep pursuing until uh, they, you know, they just say, like, I'm committed to LSU. I just don't think you can just stop showing guys like that love. And I think that kind of, resonates from recruit to recruit especially in the state of utah i think recruits talk to each other they do yeah um yeah and with uh and we've seen uh parents from pretty sought after recruits come out and say some stuff about the previous um uh, recruiting recruiting director at byu about them not recruiting their kids not recruiting their kids hardly you know there's a kid who i think ended up at utah state who utah state really loved and byu was like "Uh, yeah i mean yeah, we have a spot. I mean, we yeah. not give, might not give you a scholarship, but you know, you can play for us. Where, you know, they they, they talk to each other, and it could give yeah, a absolutely. bad uh, reputation to the recruiting staff. But now, so having said that, AU super excited. I think AU is built for it. He's built for the grind. Um, it sounds like he's already putting in the work, and there's already a difference in how we're recruiting kids. And so on that aspect, I do think there was a little bit of lag or lackadaisical nature prior, but I think AU is going to um, do whatever it takes to get the players that, that BYU needs to land, or at least hold on to some of those upper echelon LDS kids as often as possible. 
I wanted you to weigh in basketball recruiting wise. We already talked about what Mark Pope and his staff are doing, but in terms of basketball recruiting, how do you feel BYU is doing in that department? Yeah, I mean, from everything we're seeing in the transfer portal, um, it seems like there's nobody that um, BYU isn't in contact with. Uh, you know, there was uh, there's this Franco Miller from Ole Miss. Yeah. Um, I mean, ten, five, ten years ago, I wouldn't think that if uh, any anybody transferred from a school like Ole Miss, BYU would even go after, or <laughs> that player would even give BYU the time of day. But for some, you know, some reason, uh, Mark Pope, Burgess, and the staff, they just strike a chord with these kids. Maybe it was because they were blue chip recruits themselves, and they've been through the process, and they're also members of the of the faith, and they're able to shed a positive light on it, and then show them why BYU would be beneficial for them from you know spiritual academic and then the athletic standpoint and just i mean it sounds like they it's just resonating with our uh our basketball recruits just very strongly right now and so there's just so much optimism there so much positive energy which that's i mean that's mark pope for you there you go. Some great thoughts from Ryan Van Wagen. And he'd like to see recruiting taken up. Tick, he has a keen interest in it. I've known that for quite a while. And a big thank you to him for talking about that. We'll wrap things up here with his thoughts on the future of BYU sports. If he were able to put BYU into a vacuum and control their future, what would he do? We'll get to that here in just a second. Before we do that, need to take a minute today and tell you guys what Telechris Plasma Resources is doing for all of us at this critical time. Telechris Plasma Resources uh, collects plasma that goes into making life-saving medications for people with low immune systems, as well as plasma therapy for burn victims and research into additional usages of plas- plasma. Uh, the parent company Griffles is actually a national company that is actively re- researching how plasma can help combat COVID-19, the pandemic that's got all of us staying at home. Well, they're doing their best, and I've seen that they've started doing some trials with different uh, convalescent plasma and Griffles is right there on the forefront of that. So Telechris, if you go donate with Telechris, that's what they're hoping for. There's a critical, urgent need for people to donate their plasma, and you don't have to worry about having to go out, etc., because they're taking every precaution to make sure you are safe inside their facility. Telechris Plasma Resources is located in Provo, 651 Columbia Lane. If you know where Sweets Hawaiian Grill is, by the way, I love eating at Sweets, and Chick-fil-A is not too far away as well. They're just off, essentially, off Cougar Boulevard there in Provo. Go pay them a visit. They are open from 5.30 a.m. to 8.30 p.m. Monday through Friday, 5.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. on Saturdays, and closed on Sundays. And guess what? The best part about this is they need the, they need your plasma. There's no doubt about that. It's a critical need, and you're helping out your fellow man by donating, but they will make sure you're financially compensated for that. New donors right now with Telechris Plasma Resources can earn themselves up to $525 in their first month. Return donors, they haven't forgotten you about you as well. If you've done it in the past like I have, I did it while I was a student at BYU, put some money in my pocket. Return donors right now can make up to $475 a month. So some great money. They can put some money back in your pocket, especially if you've been furloughed or you've been laid off due to the economic downturn. This is an opportunity to put some money back into your pocket, guys. So go check out Talcris Plasma Resources. 651 Columbia Lane in Provo. Once again, they are open all day, every day, essentially outside of Sunday, 5.30 a.m. to 8 p.m. weekdays and 5.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. on Saturdays. Stop by, check it out, or give them a call. 801-377-1243 is their phone number. Talachris Plasma Resources, a proud sponsor of us here on Locked on Cougars. 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, let's get to part three with Ryan Van Wagenen now, looking ahead to the future of BYU sports, where he wants to see the Cougars in the future. Without further ado, our final part here with Ryan Van Wagenen on a Fan Friday on Locked on Cougars. Ryan, let's switch gears here a little bit, and let's talk about the future of BYU athletics. Um, Mm -hmm. Where do you see BYU athletics, I guess in the near term, let's say five to maybe ten years at the most, where do you see BYU athletics in that kind of time frame, in terms of kind of just an overall thought? Yeah, so if I I could have it my way, if we're joining the Big 12, Pac-12, Big 10 (laughs) here in a couple years, full, full share revenue member, um, three to five years, they're competing for uh, a conference championship. In the perfect world, that's what would take place. Um, real, you know, in the real world right now, I, I mean, I can't say. I don't. I think it's been pretty well communicated from you know the Tom Holmos, Bronco Mendenhall touched on this that independence isn't sustainable. But <laughs> yeah. I also don't know if going back to a, a group of five conference would be the right answer. And P5 inclusion also isn't that evident. I think having all faith in guys like Tom Homo, Kalani, Mark Pope, uh, Chad Lewis, those guys, the administration at BYU, they have us well positioned for whatever takes place. And independence, you know, does make that fairly easy to be well positioned for whatever is on the horizon. Um, But hopefully there is some sort of P5 inclusion. Maybe it's a scheduling uh, thing that like Notre Dame has with five ACC yeah. schools a year, and then BYU can still fit in, you know, some of the regional rivalries with the Boise State, Utah, um, Utah State, for the other couple games. But it's just so hard to look at what's going to happen, especially when every conference you know is going to look out for their own self-interest, and that may include you know picking a part of Pac-12. Maybe Arizona and Arizona State want to say we're going to go join the Big 12. Maybe. SEC says, uh, you know what, Texas, Oklahoma, yeah. I'm sure you guys want to want to hang out in the Big 12. You want to come play some big boy football for once and see what defense feels like. Um, so it's just, I mean, it's just so hard to expect. We all have our wish list of what will happen. And hopefully whatever, you know, those top five, we get two or three of them. But there's definitely a lot of uncertainty that is a little a little unnerving right now. I, I think you're right in that because I think there's no easy answer for BYU because right now, yeah. based on what I know of BYU's contracts with ESPN, they're 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 making too much money to be like, hey, yeah, let's go back to the Mountain West, let's join the AAC, let's jump back into the G5 because they're making too much money as an independent as it stands, but they're also uh, not making as much money as the lowest tier. P- P5 program. So I don't think there's a, yeah. a clear, concrete answer. But I like what you say. If, if you were able to snap your fingers in essence and just make things happen, you'd have them in the Power Five and they'd be competing that way. I think the vast majority of BYU fans would do exactly what you just described. They'd have them in one of those conferences, they'd be competing. But, um, with independence as it stands right now, do you feel like it's the uh, the right, uh, I guess, course for BYU currently? 
Yeah, I do think it is. I'm not on the uh, the go back to the Mountain West or you know try to get in with the AAC. Um, I like so you know small story uh when we were playing tennessee i was out in evanston um illinois okay right next to northwestern and i was watching the game in a northwestern bar and a lot of people out there in chicago um you know they're iowa wisconsin mm-hmm. not really northwestern because nobody really cares about football at northwestern <laughs> they have they have grades and stuff that's more important to them but you know illinois ohio state purdue indiana blah blah blah, blah. go down the list and I'm sitting in this in this bar, and Northwestern had played, and there were a lot of fans from the other school that were surrounding me. And uh, Tennessee being just not too far from there, there I guess there's somewhat of a regional rivalry, but most of the people in the bar wanted uh, te- or BYU to beat Tennessee just because they wanted to see somewhat of a Goliath go down to David. And it was just an awesome experience to see BYU on the final drive, Zach Wilson step up, gun it downfield to Micah Simon, and the entire place just erupt. All these fans just going crazy. And, you know, if we go back to a G5, how many Tennessees are we going to play? How many Washingtons are we going to get on a year-by-year basis? One or two? Um, if even that, you know, maybe they do like the ABC type of uh, uh, schedule with their three non-conference games. And I don't know. I, like, those are the things, even though at that point we had lost to Utah and we're not going to the uh, – to the playoff shockingly <laughs> but you know you just don't you just don't get to go play in um Neyland that often you don't get to go play in the big house that often and so with kind of the uncertainty that independence does bring and the insustainability insta- in the long run there's a lot of peripheral things that make it very appealing especially from a fan perspective and also from a player perspective i mean micah simon probably has his catch and run, you know, post it on his wall. I would hope he does. I, and if he's yeah. selling them, I would buy one from him at this point because <laughs> it's one of my favorite plays of this prior season. But, I mean, you know, bring it full circle. Uh, I think we stay the independent route right now, but be sure that we're well-positioned in the next couple of years for whatever um, conference realignment brings. I went and covered that game for my station. I went down there for the Zone Sports Network, and I have to say – that stadium is worth a trip, even if BYU weren't playing. If you're just a college football fan, go yeah. see Neyland, go see Rocky Top. It was worth seeing. But seeing that game play out the way it did was absolutely phenomenal. And I, I, I can believe that your experience with that and all these other fans from another team, because Northwestern doesn't have any connection to BYU, but they do yeah. want to see Tennessee go down. So they just erupt. And I'm sure that happened all over this country when that went down. So that's the fun part about watching sports like we do. Uh, I wanted to ask you, in terms terms of the uh, sports right now with BYU, basketball, football, or otherwise, what is your uh, what is your comfort level with how things are being run at the school as a whole? Yeah, comfort level one to ten. I'd probably give it a seven. Okay. Um, I think we do have the right guys in position uh, to lead our teams. I think Tom Homo has done a phenomenal job. I think some of the naysayers that kind of get on him on Twitter are kind of like up in the night. Uh, there's some more colorful language I could use to describe. <laughs> I'll, I'll lay off that. But I mean, you, you got to understand like the position that a guy like Tom Homo's in. You know, he's not pulling all the strings. The way financially BYU gets ran is very unique. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he doesn't he doesn't necessarily have a full arsenal of weapons. But I think what he does have, he's utilized very well and has and through kind of a, I wouldn't say necessarily turmoil, but kind of a 
wishy-washy era and taking the basketball to the West Coast Conference, uh, football going independent. I think he's done pretty dang well, especially from a scheduling standpoint, um, really putting it on the table and making it known that BYU will play pretty much anybody, anytime, anywhere, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I do wish that our administration would see BYU as that, that, that driver, um, as a missionary tool, um, kind of using it for the exposure to the church, things like that. Unfortunately, you know, there's, I think PK talks about it, whatever he calls the church headquarters downtown who are kind of, are the ones who are making some of these, who have the final say on, yeah. on decisions. Don't always make it the easiest, but I mean, I don't know, Tom Holmo, Chad Lewis, Kalani Sataki, Mark Pope, it's going to be hard to find another group of guys that are easier to root for. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, talking with Ryan Van Wagen in here on a Fan Friday here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. Ryan, last thing for me, and I did this last week with Blair Red. I'm opening the floor up to you. Essentially, you get to pull up a soapbox and sound off on anything we haven't touched on regarding BYU. So go ahead. Yeah, so, you know, if I was to, to leave one message with Cougar Nation, uh, if you talk about it, be about it. Um, if you want to get on guys like Tom Holmo, Kalani Sataki for not living up to whatever the, their wacky standards are, um, then either stay home, turn off the TV, or show up and start spending money at the stadium. Start buying tickets. Uh, go engage with the, with the team. It's not too hard. Everybody lives near a mall. Go buy a BYU hoodie, you know, something like that. Don't just sit on your hands and pick apart all of the issues that you think BYU isn't uh, living up to or that BYU has. And you know, support the team that you have the Sailor Coog uh, profile pickup on your Twitter, right? Like, if you're not going to be about it, then don't talk about it. That's really what it comes down to. I just kind of hate these uh, fair weather, happy in between fans where they show up when things are good, but mm-hmm. then when we're losing to, I think it was like UT Arlington in the NIT with Mika a couple couple years ago at home. Yeah, you know, you know, stay home, right? <laughs> Yeah, that's that's really what it comes down to. Don't don't be don't be a fair weather fan is what you're saying. And I exactly I think most BYU fans are screaming amen to that as they listen to this. But Ryan, can't thank you enough for taking the time. Appreciate you being part of Fan Fridays here on the podcast and for your support. Looking forward to doing it again down the road, hopefully. okay? that'd be great. This is awesome. I appreciate the opportunity. There you have it. Ryan Van Wagenen here on a Fan Friday on Locked on Cougars. And a big thank you to him for joining us on the program. If you would like to be like Ryan or Blair uh, Red, who we had on last week on a Fan Friday, let us know. You can follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Locked on Cougars. My personal Twitter feed is at Jacob C. Hatch. You also can drop us a note if you'd like to do this as well, or just leave a comment, concern, whatever you've got via email. That address is LockedOnBYU at Gmail. Email.com. Looking forward to next, next Friday and every Friday with you guys here on Locked on Cougars. And a big thank you to all of you for your continued support of the podcast. It is a blast to be with you guys each and every day talking BYU sports. A big thank you to Built Bar, our title sponsor. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code Locked On. Save yourself $10 on your first order. Also, make sure to go visit our friends at Telechris Plasma Resources. Uh, they're offering you guys an opportunity to help out your fellow man, but also earn some money in the process. 
So check them out as well. A big thank you once again to all of you who have supported the podcast. Please subscribe to Apple iTunes if you're listening there, or make sure to hit the follow button if you're listening on Spotify. That way you never miss a daily episode of this podcast. Have a great weekend. We'll be back with you guys on a Monday. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for May 8th, 2020. Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.